0: Thank you for listening to the Rivers Church podcast with Pastor Andre and the Rivers team. Be sure to subscribe for a weekly dose of encouragement and inspiration to help your daily life. We pray that this message will help in whatever season of life you might be in. In 1991, they discovered a new planet, ten times the size of Earth, and not orbiting around our sun, and uh, they you know, they speculation was rife as to whether there was life on this planet or not. And this is what they said, we have finally found another house far through the thickets of the galaxy and no one is home. (laughs) It's almost like they're totally disappointed that they have spent billions. And do you know, I've discovered there's this obsession where we want to know if there's life somewhere else. What is that, that we're looking for life all the time in all the wrong places. Do you know I've discovered that people as I've grown older and been part of the hippie generation and looked at the new woke generation and watched people, people are looking for life in all the wrong places and in all the wrong things. People have gone into uh, becoming high-end escorts thinking that they, they can get quick money, they can get a sugar daddy, and they even promote it on Instagram because they want a shortcut to life. The prodigal left home looking for life, and all he found was death, pigs, betrayal, poverty. And we tend to look for life in all the wrong places. In a book called The Privileged Planet, on Christmas Eve, the book speaks about how the uh, astronauts of Apollo 8 went into space, and they were the first three men to go to the far side of the moon. And uh, the author says here, to mark the event's significance occurring on Christmas Eve, the crew decided, after much deliberation, to read the opening words of Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And they said this, the reading and the reverent silence that followed, this is uh, way back in 1968, said, went out live to an estimated one billion viewers. The largest single audience in television history. They read the first few verses of Genesis. But sadly, just 28 years later, the late astro- astronomer Carl Sagan said this in 1996. He spoke of the earth having no significance and no savior. And in one of his last interviews, he said this We live on a hunk of rock and metal that circles a humdrum star what hopelessness what a lack of faith and people still are looking for life but God put us on this planet and there's life here and there's life in him and I want to speak to you today about looking for life in all the wrong places looking for life in all the wrong places you say well it's Easter pastor yes give me a moment Because on Easter Sunday, the women went to the tomb and they looked for life in the wrong place. And you know, today, not only are people who don't know the Lord looking in the wrong place, but like Mary and the three three women, they looked for life even though they knew where life was to be found. They looked for it in the wrong place. And Christians today are being led away to look for life in the wrong place. You know why? We'll read it in a moment. Luke chapter 24. Are you there? And if you're watching with me online, stay engaged because I do believe that this message is not just for the people in this room who are watching at home. This message is to be carried to others. It says on the first day of the week, this is after Jesus was crucified, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, and I want you to notice what they said, Why do you look for the living among the dead? Why are you looking for life in the wrong place? He is not here, he has risen. Wow. Then, he, then they say this, I want you to notice, remember how he told you. While he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners to be crucified and on the third day be raised again. And then there's this profound statement, then they remembered his words. Do you know when you end up looking for life in the wrong places? When you forget His words. The problem today is that many Christians don't read their Bibles. People don't know what the Word of God says, so they look for alternatives. They mix their faith with all sorts of other stuff because they forgot what He said. But when you remember what He said, you look for life in the right places. He's not in the grave anymore. And I want us to look at six common places, six common wrong places that people go searching for life. We can look for life in religion. And today people still search in religion for a code of ethics, a moral standard, some rules that we can follow. And it's not bad to have that, but that's not life. That is rules. You need life. Then you study the Bible for rules. But we look for religion. We look for a code of ethics. And guess what? Dead founders in graves cannot give you life. Only Jesus Christ, the life giver, can give you life. You see, the women were told by Jesus that he would rise again. And they forgot that. They forgot his words. And so they come looking in a place, in a tomb, for something that's not there. And you know, life cannot be found at the graves of dead men. Some people go to graves and take pictures, and they go on tours, and they're hoping to catch something. No, you can't find life at the graves of dead people. And Christians need to remember that it's only found at the throne of the living God, where the risen Savior is standing right now. You see, here's the truth in case you're going to get upset with me. So you're talking against other religions. Other religions often have light. They have truths. They have morality. You can't say that. they're all bad. But they don't have the light. Are you with me? Now watch this. A man once lost his keys. And he went searching for them. And while he was searching for them, he was outside in the street under a street light. So a neighbor noticed through the window... She's looking for something. She went out, she said, can I help you? What has happened? He said, I lost my keys. So she's looking with him. She says, where exactly did you lose them? He says, I lost them in the house. She says, well, why are you looking for them outside? He says, the light's much better here. Did you get that? You see, in religions, there's light, but it's not the light. And it's not the right light. And you can find that light, but it won't show you what's lost in your life. Dead people can't give us life. Got to look in the right place. Interestingly enough, in preparing for this message, I I saw the title some months ago, and I thought, that is a great title. I'm going to use that at Easter. And then I started looking at the text, and I started researching books. And I came across this book, Looking for God in All the Wrong Places, by Mark Finley and Stephen Mosley. And this is what they say, this book is written quite a while ago. They say Deja Vu Tours in Berkeley, California, offers clients what it calls spiritual adventure travel. They can see the sunrise at Stonehenge, visit the Room of the Spirits at the Dalai Lama's monastery, sing a greeting to Kumari, the living goddess of Nepal, and if they like, get baptized in the Jordan River as a part of the package. See, they're looking for a place. He says you'll also find seekers called Pyramidians in chambers deep, humming and chanting incantations. You'll find pilgrims lifted one by one into the bare sarcophagus in the king's chamber of Corfu. Where to get it, that seems to be the key. Finding themselves in an environment that secularizes everything, more and more people are placing their last hope for the sacred in some exotic, magical place you see what people believe is God is found in a place that's why people go to tombs that's why they go to pyramids but God is not in a place that's an ancient belief called animism where God is in everything in fact the definition of animism let me give it to you here is that places have spiritual essence and life no places don't have life Jesus has life You can go to tombs and pyramids and even Jesus' tomb. I've been there. He's not there. And you don't get a weird feeling. It's funny. People go to Israel looking for Jesus. No, no, he ain't in Israel. And I've been there filming and and I see people crying. And they, I'm in the tomb. And I'm like, it's rock. Sorry, I'm very practical. (laughs) He came. He died. If he was in there, great. But now he's alive. So I don't look at the rock, I look at him. People come to buildings, and I've heard people say to me, you know, there are no crosses at rivers. Shouldn't you hang a cross up? No, because Jesus isn't in a building. You're looking for a feeling or a place or a religion. No, he's alive. Am I making sense? You see, when you think about this, churches and caves and tombs and places that people travel to, you need to remember the words of the Apostle Paul in the book of Acts chapter 17, he says this, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. He's not even in the holy land. He is in heaven. And this is what it goes on to say in Colossians 1:19. This is Paul speaking. He says, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, not in a place. Are you with me? So he doesn't live in temples. Stay with me here. It all is in him. Now when you come to him and you receive him and you believe in him, this is what it says in Ephesians 3.19, And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. You don't look for him in a place. You come to him by faith, and because everything is in him, you receive the fullness of God. You look in the right place. The living Savior is where it's found. In the same book, Looking for God in all the wrong places, they say this, and I think this is quite profound, it sounds very nice to talk about God as whatever you conceive him to be, but if God is everything, everywhere, then he's not far from being nothing, nowhere. See, you can't pinpoint him, and that's what people want today. When you say Jesus is alive and he's a savior, they don't like the pinpointing because in my garden it's on the golf course <laughs> no he's not he either lives in your heart you can't find him in religion number two the second place we look for him is we can look for life in idols and celebrities sure the rich the successful and the powerful they loved and admired and especially when they get up at the grammys or the oscars and they thank god because we like that brand of spirituality and we're attracted to it But life cannot be found in celebrities. And I will not refer to that incident again. In another book, how's this? By Mari Jones, called Looking for God in All the Wrong Places, she calls herself a spiritual field guide. And initially when you read it, you think, aha, she's going to now point us to where we can really find life. But you'll be amazed. Let me read it to you. She says, every year around February, masses of people worship at the house of Oscar. Some don fancy dresses, others hold parties, others simply shut off their brains and tune in their TVs to the annual Academy Awards ceremony. For weeks leading up to this, and for days after it, one, all one hears is commentary about the look, the dress, the action, and the speak of the scores of gods and goddesses that walked the stage that night. Good description. After masses of people have picked clean all the Oscar glory, they turn to the upcoming baseball season to fulfill emptiness made with a sports god. She asks, are you one of them? Are you looking for God in all the wrong places? She then enlightens the readers. This is the whole write-up in some of the books. She says, we as a society spend way too much time looking for God in places we'll never find him. Sports and movie icons, wealth, power, so-called gurus. And her goal is to help the reader find the real hiding place of God. Saying you won't have to go any further than your own higher power within. To find abundance and prosperity and to find God. Even she doesn't know where God is. Listen, if God is on the inside of us and all we need to do is look within, we are in serious trouble because all that I see within people is corruption, murder, deceit, lies, deception, laziness, uh, negativity. I see some terrible evils. If you look at things like pedophilia and people who capture people in the world. There's never been so many people kidnapped, captured, and kept in, in cells under people's arms. And you say God lives within Excuse me, you're looking for God in the wrong place. The Bible tells me that we are fallen and we were born in sin. We are dead in our trespasses and sins. So, how can we look for it in idols and celebrities? I want you to remember when you look at a celebrity, you can admire them as a creation of God. But don't go further than that. I am astounded at how people worship the Kardashians. With all respect, what have they done? other than wiggled. (laughs) Why would you want to be them? And our local celebrities, people follow them. They just glorify themselves. And you go along with it, thinking you're going to find life. No, he's not to be found in religion, nor in idols or celebrities. In fact, death is to be found there. I was reading about this woman. She's a model, actually, Jennifer Pamplona. And uh, she spent $470,000, you've got to multiply that by 15, $470,000 to keep up with Kim Kardashian. She says, I fell in love with surgery a long time ago, but after seeing Kim Kardashian, I wanted to look like and have curves like her. She told news24.com in Australia that her surgeries included breast and butt implants, liposuction, a nose job, a few ribs removed, but she wants more. Surgeons have said it's not possible. They think I'm too exaggerated and that I don't need any more, but I'm determined to make it happen. Why would you do that? You, you think that when you look like that, that's going to be the life. Hmm? There's a young man who, who ended up uh, committing suicide, uh, Tobias Strebel. He was addicted to plastic surgery. He wanted to look like Justin Bieber. Spent more than a hundred thousand to get Justin Bieber's baby face, but at thirty-five he took an overdose of tablets because of the complications in his life. You see, we think that if we look like someone or we go somewhere, we think we can find what we're looking for. But we are always looking for life in the wrong places. The third place that we can look for life is we can look for life in the new spirit the new mystical spirituality. There's a new mystical spirituality out there that you'll find in every single magazine and every online article. And if you're not a discerning Christian, listen to me, and you forget the words of Jesus, you will go looking there for life. And you'll make a mixture of Christianity Plus because you see it as so trendy and so cool. And people are looking for God in the wrong place. They're looking for life in the wrong place. People look to the universe. I hear that all the time. The universe is going to be good to me. They look for signs. Oh, yes, that that woman smiled at me, and she didn't even know me, you know, as I went in the shop, and and I think she knows that that I know, and that, you know. These are intelligent people. You know, if it was a 13-year-old who's trying to discover themselves, I'd be like, I understand, but intelligent, educated people. They're looking for signs and for the things to line up, and for the planets, and, and Jesus said this about signs, I want to say this to you, we're constantly looking for signs, even Christians, looking for signs and wonders, be careful, because Jesus did not endorse it, he didn't say if you travel to Toronto, or if you travel here to this Brownsville revival, or, or go to some place, you're going to find me, and by the way, how come he's only in that little church and not here, it's illogical, you don't know what Jesus said. That's why you look in the wrong place and you look for signs. And Jesus said this in Matthew 12, a wicked and adulterous generation looks for a sign. Wicked and adulterous? I thought you would call people wicked and adulterous if they're addicted to alcohol or addicted to drugs or they're doing something perverted or if they're involved in pedophilia or something, you know, something really that you can go, oh, that's terrible. No, he says if you're looking for something... You're wicked and adulterous. You know why? Because your affection is going somewhere where it shouldn't be instead of coming to me because he's the risen Lord. And he says, you know, no sign will be given except the sign of Jonah. And what's the sign of Jonah? Three days and three nights in the belly of the whale and then he came out alive. And Jesus said, if you look at the resurrection, the death and resurrection, that's where you will find me. And he calls them adulterous, wicked. See, because we choose an alternative to what he's provided. It's very interesting in this book, again, Looking for God in the Wrong Places by Mark Finley. He says this. They both say this about what's happening in the world, and especially in America. He says, spiritual interest in North America is exploding. New Age religion has capt- captured the minds of thousands. Scores of upper middle class baby boomers have begun Meditating. Eastern mysticism linked with Western religious philosophy has captured their minds. Meditation is in. Developing an awareness of the so-called God within you is very popular. Tuning into the cosmic force of love is the journey that some are on. Some forms of alternative medicine have become extremely popular, and many believe they can tap into a positive energy force which they think is emitting from plants, rocks, trees, and even other people. They will thrive and grow if they can tap into this. Most often, those desperate searches for meaning are futile. Can this, this is summarize where our world is at? We have a risen Savior, but we're looking in the wrong places. In a book called A Generation of Seekers, a man called Wade Roof said this about my generation we call the baby boomers people our age they are at a point in their lives where they sense their need, the need for spirituality but they don't know where to get it let's look at another place that people look for life number four we can look for life in theology theology do you know that a lot of christians don't worship jesus they actually worship the bible because they like what it says and they're a bit philosophical and you can study the Bible. The Pharisees did when Jesus came. They had dissected, analyzed it, recited it, and, and, and did everything, but they couldn't recognize the Messiah. Be careful you don't go to church and become Bible-obsessed, and then in, during the worship, you're waiting for the message, not into all this song stuff. It's like the world. And then you even pride yourself in it. Guess what? You're looking for life in the wrong thing. Now, the Word is great, and thank God for the preaching of the Word, and you'll never find us here taking 10 minutes to preach the Word because it's a priority because you're here to be fed today. Otherwise, we could just sing. I could have the weekend off. Let's sing that one more time. Here's another verse about the resurrection. Let's sing again. Now, we feed you, but make sure that that's not that's not the thing, and then you come late because you want to avoid the worship. Now, we were created to worship. We can end up looking for life in the Bible and find the Bible's dead. Some of you may have watched these series on Netflix. They're very interesting about the Orthodox Jews. There's one called Stissel. And Stissel is about this young Jewish boy, you know, with the the things. He's an artist and uh, fascinating. And you see them there in the places where they study the the, the Old Testament. (laughs) Spend the whole day reading and reciting, but they don't have life, they don't have eternal life, they don't have security of salvation, Hmm? and uh, they can study, they can analyze, they can dissect, they can memorize, but they never find life, and Jesus said this, he said in John chapter 5 and verse 39, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life, Hmm? these are the very scriptures that testify about me, Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. You see, life is not just found. Thank God for the Bible. But don't go to religion. Don't go to theology. Come to Him. Number five, the fifth place we look can look for life is we can look for life in pleasure. I think a lot of people are looking to live the life through as much pleasure as possible. Richard Steele was an Irish playwright. And he said this. He said, pleasure when it is a man's chief purpose, disappoints itself. And the constant application to it pulls the faculty of enjoying it. So if you you pursue pleasure, it'll disappoint you. And the more you enjoy it, the less you have the appetite for it. You know, when you haven't eaten chocolate for a long time and someone gives you just a block, it's like you're in heavenly places as you roll it on your tongue. And it begins to melt into that slippery, circular shape. And I have been at it (laughs) over Easter. But when you have bars of chocolate, you start to feel nauseous. See, that's what happens with pleasure. You pursue life there, but it leaves you empty. Because pleasure is not life itself. People pursue... Pleasure is a source of, of, of finding meaning. Alcohol, drugs, cocaine, all sorts of things, sex, parties, trips away, holidays overseas. And there's nothing wrong with holidays overseas. But if you think that's going to give you fulfillment and life, it's not. Because there's sin everywhere. And you can go to Venice and you'll find it sinful. And the water's dirty. It's not as romantic as you think. Because it can't give you life. It'll give you a break from your routine but it can't give you life. Isn't that true? And that's exactly what the prodigal son did. He left life with his father and abundance and went and looked for life elsewhere. And what happened? He ended up depleted, ruined, in poverty with the pigs and had to come home to his father. You know what I've discovered? When you chase pleasure, it eludes you. But when you chase God, pleasure comes. I think my life is fantastic. I am enjoying the things of God and the, the pleasures of God, the things that God has blessed me with, but it's because I'm pursuing Him, I'm not chasing them. Remember this verse in Deuteronomy because it's a good reminder to you. The Lord says here that when we pursue Him, all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if you obey the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. See, when you pursue pleasure, it's like it's always out of your grasp. It's always out of your grasp. (laughs) So you try harder and you trample on more people. But when you decide to pursue God, then you find all these blessings. They come upon you and they overtake you. Completely different focus. We often look for life in all the wrong places. Gosh, Theodore Parker was a four-star general and he said this, a life merely of pleasure or chiefly of pleasure is always a poor and worthless life. Isn't that the truth? Number six, and this is the place that a lot of people try and find life. We can look for life in other people. People look for life in other people. And it's a common thing. In fact, in John chapter five, Jesus sat down at a well in Samaria with a woman, And as he chatted to her, he discovered she was from Santon and she'd had five husbands. (laughs) How are you, doll? And he had a chat. You see, we can't contextualize because we put it into Middle East. But he sat down and he chatted to her and he found she had five husbands. What was she looking for? Clearly, she didn't find it in the first or the second or the third in his attitude, his company, his sexuality, I don't know, his body, she was looking for something she couldn't find. And you know what people do? They go from one person to another. If I get married, then I will find life. And then they're disappointed. If I have a baby, no, a baby is a wonderful thing. It's a blessing from God, but it won't bring you life if you don't have life through Christ. We look for it in people. And we've got to come to the living Savior instead of looking for life in the world. Let me remind you, the Bible says of people that they are dead in trespasses and sins. Why would you try and find life in a person who themselves needs life from God? God is available, and this is the thing that Mary was told. You're looking in the wrong place, and he reminded her, and then when she remembered his words, that's when she found life. She went off and we'll read it in just a moment. But I was reading an interesting article in 1995, and I'm nearly done here. In, in a camp, uh, Kabeo, in Rwanda, you know, after all the uh, slaughtering of the Hutus and the Tutsis and the, 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 the terrible genocide, there was this camp, Camp Kabeo, and 100,000 men, women, and children were in this camp. And they got desperate because they didn't know what to do with these people. And having, you know, just had this genocide you'd think it would have been better, but what they did is they got up and announced, uh, it was on the 15th of April, uh, 1995, that they would close this camp. And so they, you know, you can't stay here, we're closing it. But the people didn't listen because they had nowhere to go. So on the 17th of April, two days later, soldiers went into their camp with rifles and mortars and they began to kill people and they killed between 4 and 5000 people just mowed them down you see this 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 is what some people tell us the god within us nonsense Anyway, in the midst of this, there was an artist there, a man by the name of George Gittos. He's a a well-known artist and uh, does some wonderful paintings. And he was there with the UN. He travels around the world to these various places and takes pictures and then he paints them. And he noted this in his journal. I want to read it to you, what he saw there. He said, two days ago, there were thousands of people standing and pleading for help. Now everything is flattened. Bodies crumpled amidst rubbish and a few discarded possessions. This afternoon, as if walking through an invisible door, I came into a group who were calm. Through bursts of machine gun fire that surrounded them continually, they were getting closer with terrifying inevitability to their death, but they remained a solid congregation bound together not by walls, but by prayer. A solitary preacher read to them from a ragged Bible. He took a picture of this guy. He was a tall man in a yellowish coat, sitting high on a sack of grain, and he spoke French with a thick dialect, his voice hoarse and broken. But I could recognize the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And later, George Gooties took that picture that he had taken of him, and he painted this picture here of the preacher. and uh, and, and, and And this is This is what I I, I got from the story, is that in the midst of death and suffering, death and suffering, life was being given. How? Through the word of God. And you know what? If we're going to find life in the right place, we always have to come back to the word. Because the word will point us to Jesus, who is the word. And we will get, get hope. And we need to stop looking for life in the wrong places. You know... The book of Proverbs speaks to us all, and I'm not pointing at anyone today. We must stop looking for life in the wrong places, looking for it in buildings, places, religions. Proverbs 17 in the complete Jewish Bible says this, the discerning person focuses on wisdom there before him, but a fool's eyes wander to the ends of the earth. Even those Christian women, after Jesus had spoken to them, were looking for life in the wrong place. Now I want to close here by reading this because I thought this was quite profound and we will come to the point and I'll pray with you in just a moment and i see I'm ready into my altar call time. John chapter 20. And, and how many of you know that everything started in the garden with Adam? Then Jesus suffered in the garden. Hmm? Then he was betrayed in the garden and then when he rose, it was in the garden. And it started in the garden, ended in the garden and we read here, that Mary went into the tomb, and then the next few verses here in John's gospel, it says, at this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked a woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. Now, I love this, because it's the second time it's saying this. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. The King James says she cried out, Master, and the original word in the original language implies master, teacher, my leader, my, my, my Lord. You see, when you go and look for life in the wrong place, what you needed is turn around and turn away, and look at Jesus, and then, not just, oh, oh, you need to call him teacher, you need to make him master, because that's what he is, and listen, she forgot the words of Jesus, and went look for life in the wrong place, you're a Christian today, don't go looking for life in the wrong place, remember the words of Jesus, he is alive, wants to have a relationship with you, and wants to be your savior we hope you have been blessed and inspired by this message